SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports. Today on Sports Grid, Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. In about an hour from now, the NBA will tip off as the Milwaukee Bucks take on the Orlando Magic. Joe and I will have some discussion on that game coming up a little bit later on, as the spread is the biggest one thus far on the FanDuel Sportsbook of any of the games that we've seen since the NBA's restart. But before we get to today, let's take a quick look back, Joe, at yesterday's top performers and see if they transitions into today's games this afternoon and this evening. Uh, We start off with Trent Grisham, who has been a really nice surprise for the San Diego Padres. Another two hits yesterday, and he's up to four home runs now on Mm. the season. So good job by Grisham in that trade coming over from the Brewers. He's paid dividends. Uh, Frankie Montas with another solid start for him. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, nine strikeouts. The White Sox continue to hit. Yoan Moncada, three more hits and a home run. And Luis Robert, who seems to make harder contact than anybody else in the big leagues, walked twice, stole two bases yesterday. Uh, and finally, Jacob DeGrom, six innings pitch, 10 strikeouts, and finally got himself a win. He got some run support yesterday, so that was good to see him win. And, uh, Joe, look, there's other standouts, too, as well. I'm kind of just picking and choosing as we go, and I will ask you to do the same thing. Yeah, well, look, let's start with the ones that are on the board here because Jacob DeGrom yesterday obviously was fantastic. Uh, you can kind of feel the air go out of the Braves bubble in that game after the Soroka injury, and I believe it was the third inning, uh, and then they just never recovered from that. But it was good. The Mets actually scored runs for DeGrom. I hope he could take some of those runs and use them over his next, oh, I don't know, four or five starts because he's got to make the most of them because they don't happen very often. Uh, sarcasm. I don't know if you could sense it, Mets fans, but yes, yes, that's what we live in. Uh, Trent Grisham has been outstanding, too. It does not hurt to be hitting in between Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado. That's for damn sure. And as long as he's at the top of that lineup there with those two guys, man, uh, I think the Padres are going to be really plucky there. They kind of stuck it to the Dodgers last night with their best pitcher, Walker Bueller, on the mound. And Chris Paddock went out there and dealt. And look, man, the Padres are in this thing and don't think that they are not. Continuing on, looking at the uh, White Sox, we talked about them yesterday. Uh, Another good spot there, uh, playing in Milwaukee last night. We talked about them from a DFS standpoint, how good that lineup could potentially be. Especially, you can go 9-1-2-3 or 1-2-3 in that lineup. And all 1-2-3 did pretty good last night, including Abreu and Moncada, as well as Robert. And uh, last but not least, Frankie Montas. Boy, between him and Sonny Gray yesterday, those two DFS pitchers we highlighted, 19 strikeouts between Sonny Gray and Frankie Montas. Those guys were straight up dealing yesterday. And Sonny Gray, look, man, I don't know. If you're the Yankees, you got to look back at that decision and have some kind of regret because this guy has been absolutely filthy since he left New York and became a Cincinnati Red. He's gone to 3-0 and right now, and the ERA is under 2, Craig. Yeah, Gray is a great example of a pitcher that – shouldn't be pitching in New York. I think that's, uh, you know, that's kind of the best way that I could put it with Sonny Gray. Just a Southern guy, not really meant for that. And some guys don't have it in their DNA to do it. They can be elite pitchers, but maybe not there. And I think that that, I put him in that category of that because everywhere else he's pitched, he's been great. So uh, the Marlins have made a ton of moves. They're going to play the Orioles tonight. And fantasy, reality, any way you want to look at it, this team is going to look completely different. And here's a look at some of the players that you may end up seeing for Miami when they suit up tonight against Baltimore. 
Jordan Yamamoto, who pitched well and you know sort of faded down the stretch last year, is rejoining the Marlins rotation. He'll be their either third or fourth starter. Uh, Monte Harrison, their top hitting prospect at this point, is going to make his debut, I believe, tonight against the Orioles. Jorge Guzman, who was a starter in the minors, is now going to be uh, in the bullpen with them, throws very hard, has a couple of good pitches, and, and maybe becomes a closer at some point for them. I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, Lewis Brinson, who everyone knows at this point, he is back. Matt Joyce is back. Eddie Alvarez, who uh, was an Olympic speed skater and 30 years old, finally made his way to the big leagues. He will be in a Marlins uniform. I'm not sure if he's starting tonight or not. I'll have to update that in a little bit. Uh, but a completely uh, different-looking team for the Marlins for the next couple of weeks, Joe. And uh, you know, in fantasy and DFS, uh, you never you never know. And and look, there's four games coming up in Camden Yards here, so my guess is there'll be some stars from this lineup tonight. Yeah, look, there's a good chance somebody pops off. It's baseball, right? We can never quite get it exact, and that's the beauty, and that's why we watch. But at the same time, I think in terms of low cost, high return investments, you should look at the Orioles here tonight because there's some guys in that lineup who have been hitting. And on top of that, you have to wonder how long is anybody going to pitch? What's this layoff done to this team, just generally speaking? And uh, I think in terms of just having some shares of some Orioles tonight would not be a terrible idea. I talked about that in my podcast and on our radio show here this morning on Sports Grid. And I got to think at least it has some value on the smaller play end of things and just looking at that because we don't know. Now, a good thing in terms of layoff, if you look at the layoff, we talked about the mental state of Christian Yelich. It's like the mental break actually did him some good. He actually had some hits last night, too. So let's hope that that's a positive spin, and we can hope that for better things from Christian Yelich here as we go through the rest of the season here. Marlins CEO Derek Jeter spoke yesterday and uh, talked to the media about everything that Major League Baseball found and internally of what the Marlins found. And as it turns out, according to the reports from Major League Baseball and what Miami did internally, uh, Jeter said, essentially, it wasn't nearly as bad as what was reported uh, nationally. We have uh, endured quite a um, hectic week here. Uh, Bruce and I wanted to finish our own internal review and CMLB's review of the situation to make sure we have as much information as, as possible before we sit here and discuss it with you. I think one of, one of the first and most important things that we all can do is, is, is to have a little empathy for our players. You know, they've been stricken with a, a virus that has no cure other than to run its course. Um, you know, our players and coaches went into this knowing that their health was on the line. And uh, unfortunately, they've had to endure quite a trying time over the last week plus. And we, we have seen uh, firsthand just how contagious this virus is. Um, you know, after we left spring training and, and numerous discussions and had numerous discussions, uh, you know, some of our traveling party had a false sense of security and comfort and, and how they, they handled themselves when we left Miami. I am I'm hoping that the first first question today is about the uh, health of our players who've, who've tested positive because it, it really has been disheartening to not read anything about that um, or see many signs of empathy for what they're, they're going through. Instead, um, you know, we continue to hear and, and read about um, rumors about our players' actions in Atlanta, and, and we need to stop that. I mean, our team and our players deserve better than that. As I mentioned, these guys are sick. Our guys were not running all around town after our game in Atlanta. So I, I need to ask that that, uh, that stop. They, they don't deserve that. We did have a couple individuals leave the hotel. In our, in our review, it was determined we had guys leave to get coffee, to get clothes, 
The guy left to have dinner at a teammate's house. There were no other guests on site. There was no salacious activity. There was no hanging out at bars, no clubs, no running around Atlanta, no running around the town. What it boiled down to on this particular trip was guys were around each other. They got relaxed and they let their guard down. They were getting together in groups. They weren't wearing masks as much as they should have. They weren't social distancing. You know, everyone was getting tested. We went the whole spring training uh, 2.0 without a positive. And the entire traveling party got a little too comfortable. Should they have been doing that? No. Uh, and that's been addressed. But there, there is no way to identify how this uh, got into our clubhouse. But any activities on Tuesday night were not it. Uh, the entire traveling party is, is responsible for not following the protocols as is instructed. That, that includes coaches, staffs, and players. You know, everyone has seen, seen the impact. They've seen their teammates get sick, and I know they all have a new level of appreciation. Uh, hopefully, you know, this has been a wake-up call for everyone, not only on our team, but uh, in the rest of baseball and sports in general. So, um, Well, there you have it. Uh, Derek Jeter, the CEO of the Miami Marlins, uh, Joe, basically explaining um, what happened with the players. As it turns out, uh, they didn't do anything. They didn't go to a strip club. They didn't go to a club. They didn't go anywhere else. And uh, just a serious, serious uh, indictment on reporting, honestly, like um, just Mm -hmm. a really poor job, uh, you know, calling people guilty before innocent. Uh, all the players on the team could not pinpoint how this happened because none of them believed that anybody went out. And it turns out mm-hmm. they didn't. So, Joe, I think that's kind of where we're at. And um, and hopefully this is a good cue for the future. Yeah. And look real quick on this. It's it's almost easier to accept uh, some sort of malfeasance. Right. Because that makes sense. It's It's even scarier to think that all they did was let their guard down. And you had such an incredible outbreak. And that's some scary stuff right there. And hopefully everybody else is aware of this. Yeah, for sure. All right, we got some more news from the Cardinals. We'll have it coming up next here on Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Thank you very much, Chris, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. On the show today, we're going to get into all kinds of different news and notes from baseball, hopefully help you in wagering and help you in fantasy as well. Uh, Just one quick note before we get to some potential uh, players who we really didn't think could be stars, but are really getting off to a good start in uh, in fantasy. Uh, Again, a lot of breaking news throughout the show today. The St. Louis Cardinals uh, announced six uh, players who tested positive for COVID-19 because the players gave them the authority to do so. And so that is why we're able to mention it here. Um, The biggest name in terms of our purposes, and by the way, a lot of good names on here too, make no mistake about it. It's not about that. It's just about from a fantasy uh, perspective. Uh, Paul DeYoung, their great shortstop, who had a great year last year, 30-plus home runs, uh, tested positive. So he, um, and along with their catcher, uh, Yadier Molina, and there have been some uh, bigger names previously reported too. Uh, Joe, the Cardinals, simply put, are going to go through, it looks like, exactly what the Marlins went through, and they're going to miss a lot of time. They're going to come back. You're not going to know a lot of the guys on the team when they return to play in a week or two. Maybe more on the Cardinals you'll know than you will on Miami. 
but this is the dynamic that I think personally that Major League Baseball could have never predicted. I, I think that they went into this thing thinking, yeah, we'd have one or two or we'd have three or four. But then when you're talking about a six, seven, a dozen, 20, I, I don't think that they saw that coming in. And, and unfortunately for people who are fans of the Cardinals and people in fantasy who drafted a lot of the players in this team, you're just not going to have them for weeks. Yeah, it's what makes season-long baseball so difficult, if not impossible, potentially. I mean, how, how do you have any kind of level playing field? And it's why DFS baseball is a lot more manageable because all you have to do is can you get everybody healthy in your lineup up until that moment and you have the entire field to choose from as opposed to just a small lot of players on your own team. And kind of going back, I know we you know kind of touched on it briefly. It was a great, great uh, piece of audio there from Derek Jeter. This is what makes it all so scary. If there was nothing that they were doing wrong, as of trying to go get a cup of coffee or whatever they were doing, whatever got lax there, even if it was just slightly lax, what's so scary about this disease and this virus right now is that that's all it takes for it to go rampant through an area. And that is what's so daunting about uh, trying to get baseball on every day and get keep everybody healthy. And and I don't know about you, Craig, but I imagine the rest of the clubhouses out there, this is kind of a shocking thing. When you stand back and realize that, my goodness, we have to be extra careful. And I know Andrew McCutcheon had some quotes about it earlier today. I know he was out there in an article and piece talking about it. But there's a lot to, to consider here and to understand there is no letting up. You have to follow the guidelines at all times, as difficult as it might be, as tiresome as it might be, as tired of all of this as we might be. Craig, at a certain point, we have to realize this is what we have to do. And this is <laughs> they have to do this as well. They have to stay diligent. Otherwise... There is this sort of risk involved. Yeah, and, and and as I said for the last week here on the show, it was very possible that all of these things that happened with the Marlins in Atlanta and the Cardinals in Milwaukee, they could have been just collateral damage from something that happened previously. And I think that that is the case. When you have a player that is positive and you don't know, it's going to affect the entire team. Now, clearly some mistakes were made along the way for Miami. I'm going to guess that that is the same for St. Louis, but nothing that would have caused this. And so I do think that you're probably looking at, I would guess, and I don't know, half the league that are, that are doing some of the same things. Should the Marlins have gone to a friend's house or a, a former player's house to have dinner or whatever? Absolutely not. No question about it. But if I had to guess, if I looked around the league, I guarantee you I'd find some other teams that have done similar things. It's just sure. Miami has taken the heat for it. St. Louis will take the heat for that. And I think, the, I think the protocol that has to be had, and this is where it's unfortunate, especially for the players and staff or whoever, is that they have to ask themselves, are we going above and beyond? I think that's the question that they have to ask themselves because that's the only way that the season is going to finish. It's not even doing just enough. It's going above and beyond to make it happen. Because I think at this point, with where we're at, I think that we can continue. And I think that the season can continue, even though the Phillies have a lot of ground to make up, even though the Cardinals are going to have a lot of ground to make up. And, and it, it's apparent to me that the, Mar the Marlins are not going to make up that ground. Major League Baseball has, base has, has essentially not told them that they're mm -hmm. making up all the games. They're just going to play the games that are on the schedule. If one more team has this happen and you have three team sidelines and you affect the competitive balance – of the league, you know, and, and I know I said that about Philadelphia and I know I said that about St. Louis, but I really feel that um, the Cardinals now is going to wake everybody else up. And if, and if teams still can't wake up after this point, then, uh, then I don't know. I, I don't think you can have three teams at once have this I, I, with, with 20 guys, 10 maybe guys, at 15 once guys. Is the main, maybe that's the main takeaway too at once. Maybe that's the question. Like, can, can you manage well, you have it? two it right now? Yeah. 
Yeah. I, and look, yeah, if you have all, one all more, asking, then the, the hyper diligence that's going on too, I think all we can ask everybody is it's not 162 games. You're asking everybody to do this. I am sure it's not easy. I, I look, it's hard enough to do your job, to do your job under these circumstances as an athlete is very difficult. And let's not also forget how difficult it is for all the people who are working around the teams to who do not make the same kind of money that these guys are making, who are going through the exact same protocols. I am sure it is very difficult. Let's hope that we can press forward and put ourselves out for X number of days here that are left in the season because it's not 162. It's not six months. We're talking about a two month and change season in playoffs. Hopefully let's hope that we can get through that. And uh, look, it may be scared straight here is the way to go, but yeah, you have to go above and beyond at protocol level might not be enough. You have to be extra careful and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't look like uh, protocol level is good enough. Okay, let's uh, let's take a look at some players that you know. Really, a couple, especially for me, that I was not in on at all going into the year. I think of all the players we're going to discuss, I have one in a fantasy league. And again, for full transparency, I'm not in nearly the amount of fantasy leagues that I've been in in the past. I'm only in two this year. Uh, the first one is one that I'm out from the very beginning, and 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 got to still stick with it. I guess I I, I got to watch this guy pitch a little bit more and see if I notice anything different. Because honestly, I have not. Uh, but Dylan Bundy's numbers thus far are impossible to ignore. He's not walking anyone, and that was a huge problem for him before. Mm-hmm. Uh, 0.71 whip with a 2.84 earned run average and 15 strikeouts. He had no success whatsoever, whatsoever in Baltimore. None. Zero zip. Gave up the most home runs in the league, in the American League. But, Joe, somehow he has turned it around. So I would love to know your perspective on how that has happened. Yeah, I was with you. I was kind of out here, but I was curious to see if the change of scenery did anything. And so far, the change of scenery or the change in tactics, at least, has resulted in a different version of Dylan Bundy, a version much closer to the guy who was the can't miss number one overall pitching prospect in baseball. Not that long ago. I mean, that was only a few years ago. It was him and Profar at the top of that list together. And we all kind of know what happened to Profar. And we're hoping that, you know, Dylan Bundy isn't following that same route. But right now, over these first two games, this looks like a totally different Dylan Bundy. He's not giving up home runs at that rate. Now, granted, it's only two starts. We can't look too much into it. But when you have a guy who has such a high pedigree like Dylan Bundy had, and you know he's got a live fastball, and you know that he takes care of himself, you know the kind of pride he takes in his pitching, getting out of that environment in Baltimore is a big plus. Maybe some new voices in his head is a big plus. But so far, the results have been good. And it would be a great story in 2020 if Dylan Bundy could resurrect that career that was once on the trajectory of superstar and could get to that level again because God knows the Angels could use it, especially with that Otani injury. Yeah, for sure. They're going to need him. I'm going to keep a close eye on Bundy because he's not somebody that I valued at all. Uh, Tyler Chatwood is is also, you know, honestly pitching like we thought he would with the Cubs a couple of years ago. I, I, this was a very bizarre turn of events for Chatwood, who mm-hmm. literally could not throw strikes for two years. And whatever he has done has worked thus far because his ERA is the best in the National League. He has 19 strikeouts, and this is the key number, four walks. And that's similar to Bundy in a way, but Chatwood was a guy that was walking more than he was striking out. Like It it was insane how he couldn't find the plate. In fact, they moved him to the bullpen. They had him coming in games, Joe, when they were down 7-1. to And now all of a sudden, it, it feels like he has made it. I was very much on him a couple of years ago. And I think a lot of people just forgot about him and forgot he existed, but they got to pay attention now, I guess. Yeah, and the one thing that I noticed was that the very tail end of last year, he was pitching really well. And and that was something where I can kick myself because I noticed it, I saw it, and I said, okay, I wonder if this guy gets another shot at the rotation. That would be fun. Like, could you imagine maybe what, what a great story this one right. would be too? And 
Man, I, I am kicking myself because so far I've got zero shares in a season long, but my goodness, I'm going to try to make up for it in DFS because 19 strikeouts, just four walks. If he can maintain anything close to that, he is going to have some success. There's no doubt about that. And this is another rotation they could use that because Hendricks has been up and down. The road and home splits for Hendricks are vastly different. You Darvish was great in the second half of last year, but John Lester was another guy you have concerns with. Clearly his velocity is way down from what we're used to. So Tyler Chatwood being good and Alec Mills being good in this rotation that's what the Cubs really need, and so far they've gotten both of those guys. Yeah, if they pitch well with Darvish, all of a sudden the Cubs go from an afterthought yeah. to maybe, dare I say, um, the favorite in the, in the Central. I mean, the Cardinals the are, are impossibly <laughs> – look, the Cardinals and Brewer, I mean, you have some teams in tough spots. They have a shot. All right, so we, we've talked a little bit about Mike Yastrzemski at this point, and – and and I and I think in every league where I could make a trade, this is a player that I would move. Uh, I but but again, he's he keeps proving me wrong. That's for sure. Three forty three OPS over a thousand, two home runs, ten runs, and the staggering number here is eleven walks because the Giants, simply put, don't have the offense that they once had. And I think the bigger question here for me, Joe, is will the Giants take a look at this too? And say, you know what? We are three or four years mm. from being good again, because mm. that's the truth. And I wonder if they if they say, hey, we just caught lightning in a bottle. We acquired him for nothing. Do we send him to a contender? I know Giants fans don't want to hear that, but I think they've played over their head a little bit. And I wonder if the max value that you could ever get for Yastrzemski would be now. I'll be curious at the deadline to see if he stays or goes. It's a great question, and the big one that uh, pops to me there in terms of stats is the 11. He's got more walks and strikeouts this year, which is something you don't yeah. see in modern-day Major League Baseball. He's a useful guy in the outfield and can also lead off. I think that could be useful for their team. I agree. And then finally, one player who I do have, Ramon Laureano. I loved him going into the year. I, I love him because I love his defense, and yes. his offense has come around. Two home runs, seven RBI, seven runs scored, uh, 290 batting average, 917 OPS. I think of all the guys here, he's the one that I trust the most just because I think that he's got the best all-around game. Yeah, and you saw him all of it yes, last year uh, as well. It was just whether or not that would carry over into this year as the bats starting to come alive, and so far it has, and that's very exciting because, as you said, great defensive player. If he can match that offensively, my goodness, look out. This is a real superstar potentially in that A's lineup. All right, we got some big games coming up today in baseball. We'll preview them next. Stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Bish, Joe Pizzapia with you here as we get set for some baseball action. We've got a game set to go in about a little bit over an hour from now as the Pittsburgh Pirates will take on the Minnesota Twins. But, Joe, uh, are, are you hunkering down? Are you getting ready for this tropical storm that is headed your way? Usually it's it's us here in South Florida that are dealing with this. But meanwhile, we barely had any rain on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday um, are you, are you, have you got all your supplies? Are you staying indoors? What's, what's the big piece of plan here? Uh, we got you enough need me to send paper. you some supplies. 
<laughs> yeah, paper, right? I don't know what that means. The hunkering. I, I, it's so funny. The only time that word is ever used is in some sort of natural disaster. We got to hunker. Everybody hunker. Got to hunker down. We're all hunkered down. It's 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 the worst. I can't stand it. Everybody overuses that. I can't imagine in Florida. You must hear that every other week. There's some every sort day. of major, yeah. yeah, some sort of major thing. Oh, well, the storm's going on right now as we speak. Uh, as I was doing the crosstalk on TMA, you saw the lights go out. They asked me a question about uh, the Florida Marlins, and I refused to answer that question because I said I have to spend the next two hours with Craig, and I have to be very careful here of anything I say. So basically, I just said, no, I have no comment about that. Whatever Derek Jeter says, he says. And as I said that, the lights went in and out, and all of a sudden, the screen got dark for a moment and came back, which was very entertaining. Uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty bad news out there. It feels like Florida. The pool's about to overflow. I'm going to have to uh, take all the water out of it. So uh, hopefully, by the time the show ends... I don't have a disaster out in the yard, but uh, who knows? That's the fun of living in New Jersey. Anything can happen there as well, it seems like. But no, we're good. We got food in the house. Everything's good. good. I appreciate your concern. What were they doing? They were trying to stir it up. What were they saying? What was they were were stirring up? They were saying, come on. They were stirring. They don't believe it. They don't believe it. The old come on. And I didn't take the bait. I thought you'd be proud. Yeah, I mean, look, if if uh, if I guess the thing that I have been told, and remember, I'm in the midst of covering this, and I was told point blank, if you have proof, bring the proof, you know? And if you don't, <laughs> then you're putting yourself out there like some other people, and, and I, I didn't have any proof. Now, can I say that they were perfect on this? No way. In every other show that I've gone on, I've said that's definitely not the case. But I guess there's just those levels of discussion that when you're when you're saying things like strip club joe and chicken wings and um you know and who doesn't love those two things (laughs) yeah you love them both yeah you love them both and dollars being thrown yeah but but the joke that i have i have yet to make i'll i I may go with it on uh on twitter the joke is basically uh the reporters were confused because the marlins had cutouts at the strip club it wasn't the actual players you know that's the (laughs) one that's not bad that's the one that's gonna come out for me yeah the strip club buffet i don't Uh, think that's something that anybody should be partaking in i don't know i'm just putting that out there from another that this is not even a covid safety thing i'm guessing this is like a regular safety thing I don't think you want to partake in whatever free buffet is at whatever strip club, regardless of what's going on. But uh, look, what makes this also difficult is we always kind of fall back on every time we think that there's some kind of indiscretion, there inevitably is. And we're kind of conditioned for that, especially when it comes to the athletes. And I'm glad that there weren't indiscretions. But at the same time, it's horrifying to think that all they were doing was just kind of normal maybe relaxed stuff. And it just kind of drives it home Even when you're going to the grocery store out there, even when you're doing whatever you're doing. Keep doing the hand sanitizer. Keep your mask on. Be smart. Do smart things. When you get home, wash your hands. It's very difficult because we get kind of into this time loop of doing these things and doing these things, and we're all getting tired. There's an exhaustion level, and I get it. But you know what? Like We've got to outlast this thing, unfortunately, and this has got to become our new normal, at least for the time being or for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and 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 look, I, I totally get it, and I get everybody's sentiment with it because this is – part of who we are and and what we do. And we are, as you said, we are conditioned to automatically assume the worst. But I would say uh, for, and and I've been asked about this a million times, and I I also say the same thing. It's a lot easier from, uh, from people's seat or people's couch to just throw people under the bus because they don't ever have to face these people. And so you could say on a talk show somewhere, not you, but somebody could say on a talk show somewhere, I know the Marlins were wrong, I know they did this, and I know they did that, and then when it comes out that they didn't do anything, you just move on, and then what's what's the show for the next day? 
and that's it. And so, so that's like, hard, like that's, many people, that's hard. Right. And, and like many people like you, you sent me a text asking, Hey, I saw this. Is this true? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That can happen. But like, I had other friends who told me this is true. They went to a strip club. You should be reporting it. And I'm like, wow, I hope you are right. Because if you are not, what are you doing to me? Like, you understand that I'm in the middle of this. Like, do you realize that if, if I'm wrong, you're, are, are you going to step out for me and say, hey, I told Craig this and, and, and I was wrong? And that, to me, was, was the most embarrassing thing of all. And then I had somebody last night, even after all this happened, the same, one of the same people who texted me, that they went to this Magic City strip club, right? And by the way, they were nowhere there, okay? But I had this, and I said, yeah, my text was like, listen, you don't know what you're talking about. This is not something that I've heard. And I got another response. Oh, yes, that's where they were. I know it to be fact. Today, uh, Yesterday, not a, hey, I'm sorry. Like, hey, man, like, oof, sorry, man. Thank goodness you didn't go with that. It was like something just about a random baseball game. And my answer was, well, maybe they, maybe, maybe he got that or maybe because of the strip club, you know, like it's, it's just amazing to me, the lack of accountability that people don't realize. And, and I think as a reporter, if you screw up, you have the obligation to say you screwed up. I don't know how difficult it was, but that's why I didn't go down that road because I was honestly afraid of being wrong in that spot. And I don't think that you can, I think you could be wrong about a trade, Joe. Like I could say that, uh, you know, like, man, the Pirates did so awesome by trading Garrett Cole and getting Jason Martin. Jason Martin's going to be a star, and so is Colin Moran. Like, I could come back and I could be wrong about that and look like an idiot, and that's cool. But these are people's lives. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is a sickness. It's a pandemic. Right. And I just don't, I think that this is just one subject. You got to be a little bit more on the side of caution before you throw these guys under the bus like that, or any, anybody throws under the bus. That, that was my issue with this, with the report. I think it's a good issue. I, I think we also live in a day and age where everybody wants to be first more than they want to be right. I want and to be first too. I know, <clears throat> you know, if you're not first, you're last. It's very Ricky Bobby yeah, it's in true. this kind it's of true. industry. And I understand that the being first is important because then you get the credit for said story. And I get that, but my goodness, when it comes to health and wellness, it seems like being right is, is paramount above all else at this point, especially when you're talking about privacy issues. There's some legal stuff in here too. You know, there, there's so much to unpack. There's so much to understand here. Uh, and by the way, Joe Ranieri says, if you are in Magic City, uh, make sure you ask for Rhonda. Uh, that's what he said. Uh, oh, there you go. So yeah. Let me write that down. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at today's games. Away from this and to baseball on the FanDuel Sportsbook we go. Get yourself signed up and ready to go for today's slate. NBA game coming up in 30 minutes. Baseball game coming up in one hour. Let's take a look at the first one. Um, Pittsburgh Pirates at the Minnesota Twins. The Twins buzzsaw is at it again today. They're minus 230. Wow, risking 230 bucks to win 100 You throw $100 on Pittsburgh, if they pull out a win, you get 200 bucks. That seems like a better bet than the Twins. The total is 9.5. Joe Musgrove is starting for Pittsburgh. Seems like he's okay. The Pirates are already digging themselves a massive hole. We know that they're not competing this year. Jose Brios is pretty good, too. Uh, you know, there's always an option here in baseball to bet minus a run and a half and take these odds down from minus 230 to, like, minus 140, uh, something like that. But simply put, in, in a one-day baseball game, anything can happen, and I'm certainly not laying this kind of chalk uh, for Minnesota. Maybe they'll win today and they'll destroy Musgrove. It's, it's possible, but I'm out. I'm out on this Yeah. One. Well, before uh, we came on air, I did not check the lineup in this one. I know last night 
Eddie Rosario was out of the lineup and Polanco was out of the lineup. So I don't know if that was because they knew they had the day game and they're trying to manage. Yeah, that. there's more. There's more play. Kevin Newman is out and there, there's a bunch of players in and out for both teams today. Yeah, so that's just something to keep in mind, too, as you're trying to evaluate this game. Like if Rosario, Cruz, Polanco, if everybody on the twin side is in this, then I think you feel a little bit more comfortable with going with them, uh, especially with Barrios on the mound. They're quote number one. Uh, and uh, look, Pittsburgh, any given day in Major League Baseball, we all know what could turn. But I think you have to look at the lineups, too, and make that evaluation, see who's in who's out of this game, because I think that has a lot of impact on this game, potentially. Yeah, actually, actually, both lineups are full. It doesn't look like anybody. Newman was the was the one I saw, and then I assumed that there were some <laughs> others. But uh, but no, the Twins lineup is full. Uh, Kepler, Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, Sano, Arias, Gonzalez. I guess Donaldson gets a day off. Uh, Avila and uh, and Buxton, and for the Pirates, Frazier, Philip Evans is getting a start. Josh Bell, Colin Moran, Brian Reynolds, Polanco, Eric Gonzalez for Newman is short. Dyson in center, and John Ryan Murphy. So, I, I, other than Donaldson, I don't, I don't. And and by the way, one Donaldson does not account for a minus two thirty. So, uh, <laughs> Twins are stacked, and they're loaded today. He is good, but he's not that good. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. He's not two and a half. All right, uh, eight ten Eastern. Let's take a look at one of the marquee games tonight for sure. Tough one to call. This should be a good game. White Sox at the Brewers. We've discussed a lot about the White Sox offense. Giolito's made two starts: one good, one bad. Not in that order. It was bad then good. The Brewers are minus one twenty, so it's it's basically they're even. I mean, it's an even game tonight, more or less. The total is eight and a half. Brandon Woodruff, who has been great, starts for the Brewers. But stopping the White Sox offense has been very, very difficult to do. So this will be, a, I think, a really intriguing matchup here, Joe. And the total is eight and a half. You have two really good pitchers. There's no pitcher batting, so it's all designated hitter. If, if there was a pitcher, I may lean under the eight and a half here. But, of course, the DH has Edwin Encarnacion on one side of it. What about this game tonight? Well, I always say when you can see multiple outcomes from a game, that's a game you want to stay away from, especially on the DFS side. Uh, now, if you want to get involved with all the different potential outcomes, if you're a big multi-entry kind of player, that's different. Uh, I would say the most appealing side of any of these is maybe to attack what you saw last night in the opposite way, uh, which is I think Brandon Woodruff is good enough to stifle this very, very good Chicago White Sox lineup. And I think that would probably be the biggest separator and GPPs would be going that route. However, it's not a route I think I would be taking personally, especially in single entry tournaments. I wouldn't be doing that either. From a baseball perspective, this is great. These are two teams that have a lot of buzz right now. Uh, Christian Yelich, as I said earlier in the show, looks like he might be starting to wake up a little bit. And if so, that's a huge, huge deal for the Brewers. Uh, Woodruff and Giolito, maybe not at that ace tier, but they are right at that 1A tier, both of them. And they have the ability to throw down just huge games. To me, I think this is an outcome of Maybe this is a 2-2 game going into the bullpens, and in which case then all bets are off. And to me, that's enough to stay away from it because I do think it's a coin flip kind of scenario. But, man, when you got these two pitchers, you got Yelich, you got Robert in this game, you've got some fantastic buzz guys, man. This is a much must-watch baseball game for me tonight. And I got to say for everybody else out there, too, if you're not familiar with some of these teams or, or as much with some of these players, this is a great opportunity to watch some guys that might not be on that highest tier in terms of star level yet. But my goodness, there's some real thunder in some of these bats. And these are two pitchers that definitely are worth watching. I'll be checking it out tonight. Uh, Before we take a quick break and hit DFS, Joe, I want to be completely transparent. I'm going to give you two names of two players that are starting in Major League Baseball, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday. I have never heard either of of these two players ever. (laughs) 
If you can tell me who they are starting for Wednesday or Thursday, there will be some sort of prize involved. Okay? Awesome. I love prizes. I will be honest. I have have never heard of either guy. Let's go. Chris Bubik. Chris Bubik? Oh, Bubik uh, from Kansas City, right? There you go. You win the prize. Uh, And could you get, could you go, I've never heard of him. Can you go two for two? Jonathan Brubaker. Brubaker. Now you got me on Brubaker. It sounds like a TV show with a detective of some kind. Right? I think he was a detective. I'm pretty sure this was like a set late 70s show. Uh, I yeah. feel like Telly Savalas might have been on that show potentially, something like Brubaker. that. But I got Brubaker. Yeah. <clears throat> so what you the did? Prize? You got one for two. I'm really impressed. I've never heard of him. Um, Brubaker started for the Pirates. So uh, Bubik I... starts for the Cubs tomorrow, and Brubaker starts, starts for the, for the Pirates. Against the Cubs. Start for the Royals. Oh, that's right. For the Royals. I'm sorry. And then Thursday against the Twins. I mean, well done. Well done with that. I, 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 you could have given me a hundred guesses. I wouldn't have. And I was right. up at four thirty this morning. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Still sharp. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We got a, a full DFS slate, a weather permitting on some games for sure. Keep that in mind, but it looks like a lot of the games that we have involved don't have weather related issues. So we're going to get to that next when we return here on sports grid on fantasy sports today. Stay tuned. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. on YouTube and hit that button and set your notifications to on so you can get our show sent to you every single day. Okay, let's take a look real quick at some DFS options over on FanDuel for tonight and Joe PZ's together for us, so I am going to deliver them to you. We're going to start off with Patrick Corbin tonight for the Washington Nationals. He is taking on the New York Mets. We know how much the Mets have really struggled uh, to hit at the start of the season. Now, they did come alive a little bit yesterday, but Having a few injuries, Cano, Jeff McNeil, and some others. Perhaps Corbin could be somebody that you could focus in on tonight. Uh, Denelson Lamette, uh, if you're playing in a GPP game, 8,400 against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Yuli Gurriel has a matchup tonight in Arizona. And then uh, Nolan Arenado coming off a home run, his first home run of the season last night, Joe, against the Giants. Those are the four that you're going with today. Yeah, they are. Uh, last night was really good from the pitching side, not as good from the offense. So I'd like to do the clean sweep today. Uh, fortunately, the wind was blowing in last night in Chicago. But uh, look, I think Guriel in the middle of that lineup is a nice bet against Bumgarner there. And uh, in terms of you know easy, don't overthink at cash games. Think about uh, getting Juan Soto in that lineup along with Corbin and Lamette. Look, a lot of people are not going to be on this, but he's been very good so far. High strikeout rate. May is not long for this game for the Dodgers. That's something to keep in mind, too. So they are going to get in the bullpen probably quicker because he's not completely stretched out. And Lamette has an opportunity here. Can the Padres beat the Dodgers back-to-back nights? It is not a single entry play, but it is a multi-entry play, and I like it tonight. A little riskier, but I think it's worth the shot. All right. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. (laughs) 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.